if you're the kind of dad who's proud of his dad bod, even though it's missing a few parts, then this is the podcast for you. Uh, the listeners are probably going, Adam D, what the hell are you talking about? Dad bod with missing parts. But we'll get into it. They call that the tease. In the meantime, it's my pleasure to introduce the podcast that celebrates suburban dad life and dads from other habitats. We're also the fastest growing dad theme podcast in all of humanity. The show you're listening to is called Dad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. My name is Adam D, and I love introducing my good friend and partner, the man with his Growing in goatee, Coach Randy. You look like an oversized otter, but Coach Randy looks good on you. <laughs> Probably comes with a free bowl of soup. <laughs> there we go. Early on, we get the reference. Good for you, Adam D. Yeah, no, this is my uh, my cocooning. I am beginning to come out as a new butterfly. I'm uh, reinventing, <laughs> reinventing myself. <laughs> and you know, Coach, who helps people reinvent themselves? You know, I'm glad that you asked. Um, would that be... Uh, Becky Berman of BermanCS.com for all of your graphic and website needs. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned BermanCS.com. Definitely go to BermanCS.com. Go to at Berman Branding on the social media, Instagram, Facebook, but also go to at Coach Randy Says. Because ah. if you go to at Coach Randy Says, what are you going to find, Coach? You're going to find a brand new reinvention of me, of Coach Randy, having gone through my uh, rebranding. And guess who I used? You Becky use Becky Berman. Berman. Who else are you going to use? A BermanCS.com for all of my graphic needs. New logo, new website. I got to tell you, I'm happy. And now we're going into the whole uh, marketing campaign, introducing the new uh, logo. I've got, uh, you know, Coach Randy Says is now my full market, my whole brand. I've gotten uh, rid of uh, Project Next Gen, focusing on Coach Randy Says. If life's a game, who's your coach? And of course, the answer, not rhetorically, is Coach Randy. Coach Randy for yeah. Um, and I have my pride, my uh, my pride program. I have. Uh, well, I know you have your pride changer, coach, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and I have my game changer mm-hmm. movement in terms of being a game changer. I have uh, for corporate. I have uh, reinvented a whole program for corporate America in terms of being a game changer in the office with your teams. I have being a game changer, being upstander for uh, acceptance of cultural diversity. Uh, be a game changer in sports. So I've, uh, I'm leveraging my expertise and hopefully uh, that uh, I can begin to regenerate uh, some speaking engagements. Um, but I have to tell you, Adam D, it is really hard not being able to speak to people uh, doing what I love to do. So well, I tell you what, if you're, if you're in a business of any kind, large, small, an entrepreneurship, a nonprofit organization, I can tell you from experience, I've had Coach Randy speak at the three companies that I've worked for. We're going, going for a fourth. We think that there's an opportunity where I'm at now. Uh, it's not only going to be extremely educational and inspirational, but you're going to have a lot of fun. So that's great. We slipped in uh, Becky Berman with Berman Branding and uh, gave a little plug to Coach Randy. And we have a few other sponsors. Hey, this listen, this is a big episode, right? This is a big episode. Well, for it's us. getting paid for. That's that's for sure. First time. I mean, we finally <laughs> we we hocked and we hocked and we hocked. And this is a special episode. Yeah. I, I think it's, our, it's is it our 65th episode. 
I believe so. If you're uh, if you're doing the math at home and you carried the one, this is number sixty five, and it's it's got friendship and it's got sponsorship. So in addition to to Becky Berman, the Movember campaign, which of course yes. was highlighted in our week eleven episode of season right. four by Keith Barbaria, is sponsoring this week, and we want to give a shout out to Movember, which of course is the men's health awareness and fundraising campaign. Grow a mustache, grow some fundraising, raise awareness for men's health. And that is Movember. And every month should be Movember, which is Mustache November for raising awareness for men's health. But it just so happens November is that month. And we want to thank Movember and Keith Barbaria for sponsoring us. And we also that's the, have, yeah, so that's the website is Movember.com. Movember.com. So even though it's a, a movement, it's mm -hmm. a .com, not a .org. So be yes. mindful of that. Because if you go to Movember.org, you're going to see something completely different, and we don't want you to see that. So no, 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 no. .com is the way this, to go. We got to keep everything PG-13. So Movember.com, Keith Barbaria, throwing out a couple of dollars, supporting us, sponsoring us for a 65th episode. Love it. Love it. And of course, you know, we're going to over-promote, uh, as we would do for your business, for that, that $15 for the remainder of the season. Also want to shout out to uh, some anonymous teachers. Yes. Who, would like to thank all of yes. the teachers, administrators, and support staff. So, you know, I work in the in the nursing business, and we've been talking about uh, the first responders and the frontline workers, all those heroes that are taking care of people during the COVID crisis. How about those educators? You know, they, they've, they've got to be in the top ten this year. That that is that is an extremely difficult job. Like your like your wife Jessa. Pick me, pick me, pick me, Adam D. Coach, uh, okay, I was hoping for somebody else who doesn't always participate, but since you have your hand raised, I will call on you. I like to go off the board for uh, spouses who have educators in their house for 400, Adam D. 400, yeah. <laughs> I'll take, we'll oh, take it's 400. A, it's, it's, a, it's a video daily, daily double. Yeah, right? well. All in respect to our uh, to Alex Trebek, who uh, is no longer with us. Yeah, yeah. The impact he's memory. had on pop culture. But yes, my wife, uh, the amazing, we call her the amazing Jessa because she is, uh, and everything at her school is going through. She's in Warren Township. She's an instructional specialist uh, every day. And they actually have kids in school. They have uh, K through one in on a regular basis. And uh, they have other kids coming in. There's, uh, they have had incredible work in Warren Township, which always makes you wonder why some school districts are still in school, kids coming in where Understandable. I'm not questioning decision makers in our town. Our kids are still remote, uh, but every day she goes in. I kind of feel jealous though because she's actually able to leave the house and see people <laughs> live. But hey, she look, is, yeah. I, I think our district is doing the right thing. We've had cases every yeah. week. There's new yeah. cases. I think that our administration, including the board of education, has made the right call. It's you know, right. It's so. all about all about keeping people safe including our educators as well as and the and the sponsor is an anonymous sponsor yes you know, we know but it's not for anybody else to know that they just want us to acknowledge the uh the first line educators out there in our country doing an incredible job uh hard job uh, as a matter of fact i'm not sure if you just saw recently there was a uh, professor i believe in iowa or iowa state communications professor who knows that many of her students in college aren't able to go home because you know there's restrictions and whatnot so what does this professor do she says listen if you're here and you're not with family you don't have food whatever it is let us know let me know and i will personally deliver 
a Thanksgiving dinner to you. A and professor. if you have roommates, everything else, they're not with you, that are with you, that aren't, let us know how many and we will deliver food for you because we know it's important. And even though we can't be together, if you want to Zoom, whatever it is, I care about you as a professor. And sure enough, the video goes viral, right? And I, I think that is a true essence of educators. You see it, you, there's some woman who uh, had to go to the hospital, she had a hernia hmm. uh, and she's in the hospital and guess what she's doing and she, when she's in the hospital? She's holding class, she's holding class. <laughs> yeah, so, I saw one guy who, who was uh, on a ventilator for COVID, he was playing a violin yeah. for you know, people just, in the hospital. You know, was, so there's, yeah. there's so much to say in terms of educators in this country. Yeah. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that maybe that uh, educators finally get uh, an opportunity to be looked at in terms of just how valuable they are to our system of how yeah. we live, that it's not just about kids going to school, that it also allows parents and people to work, which increases the workforce, and that teachers really are a special, special pedigree of human beings in our country. So I love the fact that someone came out there just to sponsor these, uh, the educators, administrators, teachers yep. in the world of education. When I see these teachers who are in the moment doing a hybrid type of class, right, where they have kids on screen on Zoom and they have kids in the class, you know, in their, in their little bubbles, yeah. it, it's like they're like one of these DJs in Ibiza where they've got yeah. like 15 turntables going. Mm -hmm. And you, you're, you're sharing stuff on a blackboard, but you're also sharing yeah. stuff on Zoom and you're going back and forth and you're switching. And, it, and, it, and it's crazy. You have another question, coach. Yes, yes, pick me, pick me. Uh, I just found out I'm teaching a winter course in my college. Oh, wow. I'm, te I'm teaching principal sociology and it's uh, virtual. It's called, it's called the Hydroflex. I think it's well, that sounds like something or, that you would see uh, in one of or, these uh, as seen on TV commercials. High flex. I think it's high flex. So <clears throat> I will be in campus. I'm very excited. <clears throat> I'm going to be on campus. And so there's room for a few students to sign up to be in class. Simultaneously, I have remote live. Yeah. Where students are being remote. So uh, you can go from, you know, face to face to remote. And so I'm going to be in that situation for winter break uh, by winter course. It literally begins January 4th to January 20th. So it's like wow. from 8, 8.30 to noon, right? So uh, I will be in a situation where I'm going to be like using the dual records and everything else, trying to figure <laughs> out how to, how to teach. So that'll be, we'll be on our break, of course, yep. uh, but I will be able to uh, at least uh, journal it to see how that goes. Speed learning with Coach Randy. You might even be able to, yeah, put together some sort of business book on how yeah. to do this, how to do this right. At least we'll get some comedy out of it. Yes. And oh, there'll be plenty of comedy. Yeah, a lot of material. You jot down your experiences and hopefully you'll share them in the beginning of season five, which should drop you know around early early February. And by that point, your class will be over. So looking forward to those stories. And we're also looking forward to our guest today, who is Mark Verrilli, goes by Mark V. He is a comedian who went through hip replacement surgery during Ouch. COVID. So this isn't just your average run-of-the-mill elective surgery. He had a degenerative condition where he had to get this done, but still had to wait because what took precedent over the course mm -hmm. of the last eight and a half months. COVID. COVID. Those yeah. hospital beds needed to be reserved for, for COVID patients. So great sense of humor. He's got a great delivery style. He also has an Instagram that we're going to talk about where he's always posting jokes, dad jokes or otherwise. And uh, he had to take a little break from his comedy career so he could get better. And uh, he's looking to relaunch it. So uh, who knows? This could be the place where he 
relaunches his career with a couple of bits. So Mark Verrilli will be on in, in just a few moments. So I do have a question. If I recall, what if your company's work for was Stryker? Yes. Yeah, so here's the irony of the whole thing. Yes. So what did Stryker make? Well, we made hospital beds and we made surgical equipment, but our, our bread and butter were hips and knees, hip and knee replacements. Yeah. So I worked with Mark in human resources, of course, uh, within the orthopedics division mm -hmm. of Stryker, which makes hips and knees. So the irony, of course, is that here's a guy who needed a hip replacement. I don't even know if he got a Stryker hip. We'll have to ask him. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you choose the companies, other times the companies choose you. Mm -hmm. So it all, it all goes full circle, all goes full circle. And, you know, I, coach. Yeah. I, I know you want to get on, but I just want to understand that we actually have three sponsors today. You got three. You got Becky. Yes. Uh, technically we have four. Cause you, you know, we slipped in coach Randy wow. says, which yes. is worth its while. Hey, believe me. All right. We've got Movember. Yes. And we've got the thank you to educators, to support staff, to administrators, anyone who makes the educational machine go, especially during these wacky times. So by our 65th episode, we actually have not just one sponsor, but several sponsors. Mazel tov, Yasher hey, Coach, I don't want to make such a big deal of it. I just want you to know that there are people that are listening and they feel it's worthwhile to give us the $15 and that Let's not uh, do a whole thing. I just, yeah, I'm putting it out there that if you want to sponsor, it's $15. It's not much money. You know, I'm not asking so much, but you know, this is what we're doing. I don't know. There's a lot, lot of different accents there. That went from like Jewish mother to is like an Israeli, Israeli shopkeeper. And I don't know, but maybe, maybe now it's time to move on. So I was in, C speaking of, you know, Jewish things, I was in CVS. Um, for the life of me, I couldn't find a bat mitzvah card. I needed to find a bat mitzvah card. Uh oh. And, and in CVS, they were plumb out. So I got that, which is good because I guess the bar and bat mitzvahs are still happening. Or they're just they're not ordering anymore because there's no more market for bar and bat mitzvahs. Yeah. They're happening over Zoom. Yeah. And you can't hand deliver the card. You have to send it in the mail. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the whole rack of bar, bar and bat mitzvah cards, I think Tree of Life pretty much owns the market there. That's the name of the, the greeting card company. And I saw like one bar, bar mitzvah card, but I needed for a bat mitzvah. So I'm thinking, do I be that guy who buys the bat mitzvah card and crosses out bot and writes in bar? Yeah. But I'm like, I don't want to be those cheesy people. I, you know, I want to, I want to go through with it. I want to go good at cheese, Adam. Do you're so good at cheese. Yeah. Well, listen, in a pinch, you got to, you got to go with the cheese. Yeah. So no bar or bat mitzvah cards. Okay. I get it. But here's something I, I, I noticed, which maybe I never noticed in years before. There were a whole lot of, happy thanksgiving cards huh. now I, I i don't know about you i don't recall thanksgiving being a, a big greeting card holiday like did you ever send a happy thanksgiving card to a friend no, or I receive cannot. a happy thanksgiving card from from a friend or loved one i cannot say that but maybe the idea is that uh we're just really we're just reaching out for for days i mean hallmark is, has done a very good job creating days and so they're not selling many cards about anything else. There's not a lot of joy in Mudville. So maybe they're believing that uh, Thanksgiving could be one of those days where people could buy cards just to send out some holiday cheer, Adam D. Maybe because people aren't going to be together. At least I send you the card. You know I'm thinking about you. Yes. I, guess. I just thought it was unusual. Now, I, I, Valentine's Day, of course, is going to be coming up in a few months. But I'm wondering if those other obscure holidays are going to start getting cards. Like, are we going like to send Arbor cards Day? people? What's that? Like Arbor Day. Arbor Day, we're going to send, you know, a card with a tree on it saying, you know, I hope, I hope your trees flourish. 
during these difficult times. Flag day. I hope your flag unfurls. Yeah. Is, is this the route we're going to go to just to come up with manufactured connection with people? I think that uh, given the nature of the times, I think that might have to be. We, uh, we are forcing ways to reconnect in ways we never thought we would. And Hallmark, for all of your holiday acknowledgments. Are they a $15 sponsor? <laughs> No, we'll nope. just throw it in. No, let's stop talking about them, though. No. But I think maybe what I might have to do is if these bar bar mitzvahs keep going, I have to get a bunch of Thanksgiving cards and cross out Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Bar Mitzvah. Here's Snoopy dancing in a pilgrim outfit. <laughs> Pulling a football. Happy Happy Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. So how was your week, Adam D? How was your dad week? Oh, man. My, my work week was murder because uh, we're working harder and longer than we did in the beginning part of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's just the way it is in healthcare, you know. Those are we, good problems, although I imagine. No, exactly. It's a good problem to have, but look, we've got even the caretakers, right? Uh, the nurses and and those that support the nurses, they're they're now going out on leave because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the day starts at sun up and it ends long after sundown, and every once in a while, I get to squeeze in a workout. But uh, we're doing what we have to do, so I'm not saying this as, as a martyr. Uh, able to squeeze around a golf in and coach, I don't know if you've ever had a, a high five injury. I know you've been in sports quite a while. I don't know if you've ever experienced a high five injury or a, is that uh, where you go uh, to give someone a high five and you miss or you do something, you throw your back out. Uh, kind of quite, quite the opposite, but the same category of discussion. So playing golf with uh, my son, he's actually in a, in a tournament and we're on this uh, hole, very challenging hole on a very challenging course. And he's about uh, 130, 140 yards from the green, but there's a giant lake in front of the green. We call that a well-protected green. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, dad, should I lay up and go with a lower club or should I use my hybrid, which is one of the the more aggressive clubs and and try to go over the lake. And I say, you know, we're we're here to learn, right? And you've never shown a a lack of courage. So why don't you just go for it? Mm -hmm. Fast forwarding a little bit pulls out the hybrid, gives it a good whack, puts it right on the green about 30 feet from the hole. Hey, outstanding. Nice. I am so excited for him. I I yelp yay. I wind up my hand. Uh-huh. He holds his hand out and I give it a whack. You could hear the thunder crack yes. of our high five yes. in three towns over. Mm-hmm. He writhes in pain. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm holding back tears myself. <laughs> How could you do that? I can't feel my hand. Why would you whack my hand like that? I said, Aiden, I'm sorry. I was in the moment. Yeah. I was feeling it. I was so excited for you. I I just could not hold back. The proudness of a father. I I don't know what came over me. So here I'm injuring my child, not even doing something athletic, just celebrating. And it was like a bullseye. It was palm to palm. Yeah. And I have to tell you, if my hand was numb and tingling. I can only imagine That's what it. he felt or, or did not feel. He said on the ride home, dad, for two holes, I couldn't feel my hand. I said, yes, but at least you were holding the club right. <laughs> you weren't over squeezing the grip. Squeezing. Hey, it's about working through the pain, Adam D. Working through the pain. That's, that's a great story. I know that you've gotten very involved as uh, the daddy caddy. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, a, been a good experience. You know, I thought, uh, you know, we'd be going to these, these golf events, these tournaments, uh, you know, even playing recreationally, and we'd be meeting a lot of other douchey parents, but the, the parents have been absolutely amazing. It's, you know, really 
a lot of fun to meet uh, the, the parents and the uh, other golf kids. And, you know, we're learning a lot about the preparation and the practicing mm -hmm. and, and how one goes about the craft of being a better golfer. Cause you know, you think you're pretty darn good right. when you get out there. Cause you've been taking lessons and you play pretty, pretty well with dad on, on the weekends when you're just knocking it around. Then you get into these tournaments yeah. and these other events and you're like, Whoa, <laughs> you know me, I'm a big fan of that. I have, uh, you know, my situation, my week, uh, my two oldest, I think, might be coming out next week for Thanksgiving, which is uh, giving me some odds. I'm concerned. Uh, but softball season is over, but not winter training. Uh, and so uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, both my girls. Uh, we found a new pitching coach um, and a female pitching coach at that, which is uh, amazing. The girls love her. And uh, like so, Christine Taylor and dodgeball, <laughs> almost like that. Christine Taylor dodgeball. And I got to tell you, she's a guidance counselor um, in, a, in the school district. So she's got all the goods. Um, she's a former D1 pitcher, um, just uh, a remarkable human being. And it's incredible how my daughters have aligned themselves so quickly. And this particular pitching coach, I get to sit back and play catcher as they're pitching. And so as she coaches them, which is a great idea. Uh, and uh, I watched the dynamics and they connected with her so well. And so for me, I now have my time with my girls, you know, and I told them, you know, they always give me a hard time going, oh, I don't want to go. I'm too tired. I'm here doing TikTok and my computers. But when they get there, I have found, because I know, Michaela in four years, and I'm not rushing four years. She's in college, right? Bree in seven years, you know, so, and they go super quick, super quick. So uh, I sat there and Bree asked a great question to the uh, pitching coach because Bree is, um, she's been pitching for a couple of years, but she's just, she's not quite there yet. Um, and she knows it and she really wants to work hard. And she asked the coach a question, am I good for my age? right? Hmm. Uh, trying to get some validation. Complicated and, question. Complicated question. And as a coach, you said, well, the truth is I've only seen it a couple times, but it's not about your age. It's about the kind of work you put into it, the work you want and your goals. And as long as you continue to work hard and focus on what you want to do, age is irrelevant. It's about you even being, and this goes, and she goes, and this is for life in general. So just remember, this is about what you choose to do and who you choose to be. And I sat there listening. I didn't say anything. And I'm like, that is the kind of coach I want for my daughter because I've said that to her, but I'm dad. Mm -hmm. So when you go outside the room, you find someone else. She got in the car and she was like, I really like this coach. Dad. I really like this coach. She's, yeah. He gets me. So I will get my hour and a half of uh, every week with my daughters at the, doing softball, but it was uh it's nice to know that when you find right people in your kids' lives that can reinforce what you believe is value as a dad. Uh, so I couldn't have been happier. Uh, and I still get that tell with my girls. So just, just a wise word out there to dads. You don't always have to be the one out there. Yeah. You know, as the expert. Better, better if you're not because they will actually listen to somebody. And find someone who matches. That's why I tell my kids, you no, know, if you cannot come to me, go to your uncle, go to your aunt, find somebody. Uh, but it just so happened that unexpectedly, it came in the version of this coach who we just met. And I actually acknowledged and thanked her without my kids out at the end. And she goes, I've been guidance counselor for middle school kids. What do you expect? And I'm like, well, I just so you know, it's just 
my values and they shared it from you and they're more likely to listen to you than they are me. So it was really special. Yeah, I'd put money on that, that they would yeah. they would listen to this person. And the fact that she's also a female athlete who's had yep. success. Yep. Great role model. Yep. And what's even better is your wife is allowing you to be near her and there's no restraining order yet. <laughs> Not yet, but give me time. Hey, one or two lessons, one or two lessons. Yep. <laughs> the relationship is young. Yep. We're bad to the dad coming up. Our guest, Mark Verrilli. Stay tuned. We're bad to the dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. And yes, we are on social media. You have to be, or you're just not a thing. At bad to the dad, that is our handle for most social media platforms. That includes Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And don't forget our website, which is www.badtothedad.com. www.badtothedad.com. And if you want to interact with us, you can DM us on social media or simply use good old fashioned email. The email is contact us at badtothedad.com. Contact us at badtothedad.com. And uh, some of you did contact us at badtothedad.com this week because you had questions for our guest, comedian and hip replacement patient or former hip replacement patient, Mark Verrilli. Mark, great to see you. Thanks for being on Bad to the Dad. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. This well, is awesome to have you on. Awesome to have you on. So, so, so take us back. Let's talk about the hip replacement. Take us yeah. back to the beginning when you got the, the diagnosis. You're a young dude. You're, you're in your early 40s. Whoops, bag of nails gets dropped on you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been crazy. It's been a rough couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had, uh, I had the pulmonary embolisms, which for people to know are blood clots that go up into your lungs, uh, or they can, and they did for me. So I had blood clots all over my lungs back in 2016. Uh, my back fell apart, actually broke my spine, uh, and I had spinal fusion in 2019. And then uh, out of the blue in January of this year, 2020, uh, I got diagnosed with something called osteonecrosis. Uh, all the epidurals and all the steroid cortisone shots I had gotten for my back uh, caused a blood disorder, which killed my joint. So uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, they, uh, they got, I couldn't walk. And um, I was, it was funny. I was actually on the set of Law & Order SVU. Uh, I was doing background work for them one day, doing an episode. And uh, I had to walk up and down the stairs in City Hall like 50 times. And there's like 100 stairs if you ever seen that building. And it's the day I knew something was wrong. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. So I went to the doctor the, probably a couple days later, and he said, uh, yeah, we did an MRI. We looked at your hip, and it's dead. You need a replacement immediately. Um, I went in. You know, they give you the class beforehand where they, teach, they tell you all the fun stuff that goes on with the hip surgery, what to expect, which is cool. But they never told me that when I woke up the morning they, uh, I went into surgery, I woke up, and I did, they're like, well, you don't have your hip anymore. We took the left hip out, but we couldn't put the new hip in because we had, there was an infection. And so, and meanwhile, I'm coming out of the anesthesia. My wife is with me and I'm thinking, wait, what? <laughs> There's no way that that's not real. They never said anything about that in the class. And then, uh, yeah, sure enough, you know, as it came to, they're like, no, you don't have a hip. Uh, you had an infection. We, we saw fluid and uh, we thought it would be best if we didn't put the new uh, implant in. Uh, so you're going to go home. We're going to put this uh, pick line in your arm and you're going to get IV antibiotics at home every day that go into your heart area. And uh, you're going to do that for six weeks. And then in 12 weeks, you'll come back and you'll get your new hip. So, uh, and mind you, this on, was a week. On. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. I got to use one of my timeouts. I get three every episode. So sure. just, we're, we're, we're unpacking this now. Mark. Because I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I'm going, all right, all right, all right. 
So <laughs> you have a pulmonary embolism, right? Yeah, I had a whole bunch of them all over both of my right. lungs. All over, which could be deadly in itself. Yeah, exactly. Then at 39, at 39, at 39 I got And so the, and the universe thought, you know what? You need more, so we're going to break your yeah. back. Yeah, exactly. And, break your lumbar uh, spine. Right? I walk around like that for two years because all the doctors missed it. Because they missed it, and so you're, you're bending whatever it is, and so now you have like a rod in your back? Uh, yeah, I got the titanium plates. They fused two of my discs together, okay. and I and still that, have a couple herniations above that. <laughs> and then if that's not enough, uh, were you diagnosed in 2019? Yeah, well, the spine thing was uh, I saw the surgeon January 2019, and they operated February 2019, and then this happened January 2020. Oh, well, right, I got diagnosed. Uh, you didn't tell us that. All right. So, yeah, so January 2020, <laughs> that was a foreshadow. And yep. they tell you you got issues with your hip. And yep. they go in and they just decided to take your hip out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we knew I knew I was getting it out. I just expected to have a new one when, when, I, when I woke up. Uh, so, yeah, that was a bit of a shock. Yeah, they're just like, oh, so we put something in there called a spacer. And, uh, you know, I know Adam knows from our time at Stryker, um, it, I, and even I wasn't that familiar with it, to be honest. And I worked there for six years uh, in orthopedics. But, yeah, there's something called a spacer. They just put it in there. It's an antibiotic spacer. It's, it, it basically holds the place for the hip uh, so that nothing grows in there and so forth. It's a, and, crank. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crank. It's a crank. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. They cut it out. They, they like, cut yeah, your took, out. took the hip out. Just the hip was gone. It was, it was dead. It wasn't doing anything anyway. All it was doing was hurting me. And, uh, and then, yeah, and no, they, yeah, it just, okay, well, you can't walk for 12 weeks. You know, you can use a walker and you can't put your foot on the ground. And now, mind you, this was a week before they locked everything down for COVID that I had the surgery. <laughs> so it was March 9th. So you were, you were pre devastation 2020. Uh, yeah, it was, it was March 9th. This had, I had the surgery. And uh, a week later, they locked down uh, all the hospitals and everything else. And uh, so that, it's funny, I tell people it worked out well because my, my wife was home, my daughters were here. Um, you know, and they're, they're older, they're 19 and 17. So they were here to help me. Uh, you know, obviously I, I didn't want to, I couldn't move very much. Uh, but yeah, pretty much stuck on the couch, stuck in the bed and just 12 weeks of not having a hip. I didn't even know that was a thing. So, so I don't think anybody knew it was a thing. So thank you for informing our audience. <laughs> not just a thing. It's like a few things. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. W BT dubs. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. We were joking before we started recording Right. about 2020 and everybody can't wait for 2020 to be over but you know there's still 2021 it's not like you know <laughs> december 31st at 12 12 or 11:59. this is all going to be over well it's we're, exactly we're still be doing some some cleaning up even though you know the yeah we got a lot to do still this isn't yeah. nothing's going away anytime soon i mean yeah. I, don't get me wrong i'm i'm so happy the you know they got the back a couple vaccines ready and uh you know, we got a, a couple more on the way, but holy crap. Yeah, nothing's, nothing's ending anytime soon. I this was waiting for Mark for to say, while I was in surgery, a murder hornet flew into <laughs> the OR and stung me in the very... No, I'm kidding. So, so Mark, let's let's talk about headspace now. So we know yeah, what's going yeah, yeah. on with the rest of your body, complete deterioration. But yeah, you know, what, what's going on in your head? It's this succession of, of your body breaking down and then, whoa, COVID, and then and more waiting is happening. So how did you keep yourself energized and positive i'll tell you one of the things that helped was um you know we we, i'll just say we made a lot of money this year um you know it was uh that that actually was really helpful um my wife and i were were lucky enough and and this is why i was able to retire from human resources um was that um we we were invested in a biotech company that was a small company working on a vaccine for uh flu and older adults uh this place called novavax 
And um, they uh, we, we placed a big bet on them back in January uh, before all this happened uh, where I had surgery and stuff. And they were traded like $6 a share. It was, you know, just something we'd been in a couple of years. And uh, then COVID happened. And, and I don't know if you've heard the name of the company, Novavax, before, but they jumped into the COVID vaccine hunt. And our $6 investment that or $6 share investment that we uh, pushed a lot of money into all of a sudden went up to $190 a share. <laughs> so, yeah, we, yeah. So in, in August, we paid off our house 10 years early. Uh, you know, we just we like we made a lot of money and um, it was uh, it was nice. So that helped with the headspace. <laughs> uh, we didn't have as much pressure all of a sudden. Uh, but, uh, you know, other than that, in all seriousness, you know, the body, it's it takes a toll, man. There's no question. It's why I would turn to comedy. Um, you know, after, uh, I, I, I think I maybe know, maybe don't know, but I was working at ADP when I went out for the spinal fusion and the last year there, I was completely breaking down. My back was just gone and I was flying over to Arizona, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Kentucky, Florida, all places a couple times a month, uh, you know, just always on airplanes and stuff. And when your body's breaking down and you're popping at that point, probably eight to 10 opioids every day, Percocet and everything else you're, you're a mess. You're an absolute mess. And trying to keep your eyes in, on the prize, which was the job. Uh, it was hard, man. And, uh, you know, the day I came back from spinal fusion, uh, I was in the office for five minutes and they told me I lost my job because they were doing big layoffs. Yeah. So, uh, it was actually a blessing because I, I didn't want to be there anymore and I was hurting and I just needed a, some, uh, time to get that headspace back. Like you're talking about. Uh, and then that was, the, uh, what's that? I went back in March, 2019, and, um, you know, all of a sudden I'm home. I can recuperate some more. I knew I was, was going to take some time off, but then I'm like, you know what? I got some fun stories. Let me go into comedy. You know, I think, I think, I think I can do this comedy thing. And, um, yeah, and I, that's been such a huge help. I mean, what do they say? Tragedy makes the best comedy. Right. And that's, uh, that, that's exactly how it works. You start, uh, you know, I, a lot of my act is about, you know, uh, <laughs> the opioid crisis in America. And I can talk about it because I'm somebody who, you know, was stuck on opioids forever. And, and I still am to, um, you know, as I'm recovering from the hip surgery. Um, so, yeah, it's just um, yeah, I, I think you just got to get it out there. And if you laugh about it, you make jokes. That's, um, you know, that's what keeps me going anyway. Very <laughs> interesting, uh, Mark, is is how you're able to use physical trauma and tragedy of your own health to get you out of what you didn't want to do. I mean, I think if you, you could have planned it any better. Now, if you're up there in heaven and say, you know, listen, God, I need some guidance, direction. I have this passion. I really want to get into comedy. What do I do? And the first time he comes around and God says, you know, universe says, you know, we're just going to give you a, a pulmonary uh, analysm. And, you know, and you would think then, <laughs> then is the science. But, you know, no, that's not. No, you're not science. funny no, enough. We need, we need yeah, to, keep to keep going. going. No, 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 no. Your dream is not there. And then, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you come back the second time and now it's your back. And yeah. what do you do? That's not the sign enough to say, hey, that's not the near-death experience you need. <laughs> you just stick in with HR. So finally, the third time is when you realize, oh, maybe the universe is talking to me and it's time for me to... <laughs> well, I love you. You're saying this to an atheist. So that's the funniest part of this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, when the back was going down, I knew it was over. You know, I just I, I just couldn't. I was breaking down. I was stressed out. I, I probably would have had a heart attack if I kept going, honestly. And uh, yeah, just uh, I got a nice package when I left. And like I said, we were lucky enough to do well this year with the, the investments. And uh, yeah, it's been nice because look, the reality is with comedy, you don't make any money in the beginning. Then, uh, you know, you, you just don't. You do a lot of shows where uh, they put you on stage, but you have to bring people to the place, the bringer shows. 
Uh, you got to bring three people. You got to bring five people. Some places you got to bring 10 people, the bigger, the bigger uh, comedy places. So that's uh, sort of the currency. You get uh, airtime, you get video of what you did. And uh, that's, you just got to start getting your name out there. So the unfortunate part with the hip thing in, in COVID is that I was, you know, I had last year for about seven or eight months where I was on stage almost every weekend. And uh, it was great. I got some of my material out there on Instagram and uh, Facebook and stuff like that. And uh, then uh, COVID hit, the hip hit. And now I haven't been on stage since December, end of December last year. How hard uh, So, yeah. So unfortunately, you know, I had to take a break and quite, for, still forced to with COVID because nothing's open. How hard um, is it being on stage? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's lousy. Cause I love, you know, it, it's the first time I did it. I just realized, Oh man, I love this. This Magic, is awesome. Right? You just oh God. It. And it was funny. I, I, Adam, I think I told you um, the first time I did it, I, I had no training in it or anything. I was just like, uh, you know what? I think I can do this. I don't mind the spotlight on me. And I, let me go to this place, Gotham comedy club in New York city. Oh yeah. And it's a big place. It's a big room. So for the first time to ever do stand up, it's a little, little frightening. Um, but I always say do everything with totally unearned confidence and just get up there and own the room. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we just, yeah. I was, I was gonna say, what what kind of material did you? Did you all the, I, I stuck pretty much with all the HR stuff. Uh -huh. Um, and uh, I, I did. I have some bits about my <laughs> my mom and my dad. They're very patient and very. Uh, <laughs> they're very nice because I use them a lot in my act. Uh, just in terms of my mom using Facebook all the time because she doesn't text and she doesn't use any technology at all. Uh, but she gets on my dad's account on Facebook, and it'll always say, uh, you know, Lou Verilli Senior. I could be commenting on anything. I've got a comedy show coming up here, you know, picture of my daughters, whatever it might be. And then my mother just shows up all the time with Mark, your dad has a horrible rash on his arm. We don't know what's going on. Uh, I've been vomiting all day. I've got bad diarrhea and maybe we'll see you this weekend. I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> and this um, is on Facebook. This is on Facebook. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I do you know a lot of bits about that. And the funniest thing is this one guy I used to work with, he friended me on Facebook after he saw the first show. And he says, you're not kidding about your mom. I just read your profile. She does that on your books. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly. So what I learned is that there's, you know, the, the, the humor is in the reality, the truth, yeah. you know, and, and not that you don't tweak things a little bit, of course, but um, to me, that was it. It was get up there and tell the stories about HR, change them slightly to protect the innocent. Uh, or even the guilty, I guess, you know, you don't want to throw Exaggerate a little bit, you know, where it's funny. Yeah. Well, but you know, what was really funny was that, uh, well, A, it was a fantastic night. I, I, as soon as I did it, I knew, okay, I'm doing this. Uh, this is fun. But the best part was, is I'm uh, getting, <laughs> I'm in the waiting area because they said, you're going to go up next. They call me into the waiting area and they're like, uh, how do you say your last name? I'm like, Virilli. And he said, okay, we're going to put, we're going to call you. Do you want anything else said? I said, no, I'm, I'm good with that. Literally, the guy turns around to go announce me and he, he looks over my shoulder and says, oh, wait, we have to bump you. Jim Gaffigan just walked in. Because uh, he comes in sometimes to try new material and we don't make him wait. So he's going to go on in front of you. And Gaffigan is now standing next to me. And I'm like, what? I, so, <laughs> I've never done stand up comedy before. Like, I'm going to follow Jim Gaffigan. And uh, Gaffigan was bless him. He was very nice. And he said, uh, he said, it's his, I think he said it's his first time. He's like, I'll, I'll sit over here and wait. You know, I'll do my thing so he doesn't have to follow me. Just let him go first. And I was like, I, I turned around to thank him. And the guy was already sitting down scribbling. He's got this giant notepad with stuff. I didn't even get a chance to really thank him for doing it. But holy crap, I didn't want to follow Jim Gaffigan my first time out. Because <laughs> no. after Gaffigan, it, everyone's heading to, to the exits. So Well, that was it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I felt bad for the guy that was after him because he was funny. And people were just worn out because Gaffigan did like 20 minutes and he was hilarious. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so I lucked out. I, I didn't have to follow Jim. But that was 
Like I, I was like, well, that's a story for the for, for the rest of my life. <laughs> Mark, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about your social media because I, I went on a couple days ago and saw you actually have some bits posted yeah. on your uh, Instagram account. Uh, there were some yep. videos. I know when you were recovering on Facebook, and uh, it was great, yep. it was great to break up the day with with some of those oh. quick bits, those quick hits. Some yeah, of them were no, dad jokes too. No, yeah. So I think the 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 fun part was you know I, I created the accounts to be uh, Mark uh, V Comedy, so M A R K V Comedy. And um, yeah, I, I thought, okay, well, I need a professional account to do this. And uh, so I did that. I have one on Instagram. I have it on Facebook. Every once in a while, I'll throw something up on LinkedIn because, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing for a living now. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's, it's fun. Um, I took a break when I was recovering because it was just, uh, honestly, I was a grumpy bastard all day, every day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to do much. Uh, but, uh, you know, getting on the show here, I think I told you, it's, it's nice. This is perfect timing because I'm, I'm about to get, you know, get back up and running for it. Uh, well, not literally, of course, but yeah. uh, I can't <laughs> run anymore. Uh, but um, yeah, so the social media is great. Uh, Instagram is a, is, is a big way. Twitter, uh, same thing, you know, Mark V comedy, Mark, we know that you're a dad and you're a girl dad. Yes. So tell us, tell us what uh, life is like. A dad of girls, a dad of girls. girls. Yes. Yes. We're not saying Mark is a girl. He is a dad of girls. And of course the, you know, the hashtag girl dad became very popular when, uh, another, another wonderful happening of, of 2020 that we, you know, soon forget Kobe Bryant's, uh, death. Yes. And then of course the, that of his daughter too, in the helicopter crash in Terrible. California. So let's, let's move on from that. But, uh, yeah, so you're, you're a dad of girls. What's life like in the Virilli household? Uh, scary. I, uh, <laughs> you know, not I, estrogen. No, man, I tell you, I didn't grow up with girls in the house. Um, I, have, I have one brother. Um, you know, my mom was there and my grandmother lived with us, but I had no sisters or anything like that. So uh, when they told me we were having a daughter, uh, my wife always laughs. She's like, they, as soon as they said daughter, you know, I kind of went down. I literally <laughs> fell down to my knees and I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do? I don't know anything about girls. Um, yeah. So it was uh, it was an experience growing up uh, or having them grow up. Um, you know, they've. Uh, I, you know, obviously the best things in my life. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, no bones about that. Uh, they're, they're awesome kids. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's different. You know, there's uh, you know, boys are just, you know, I always say they're, you know, little sweaty fart machines when they're kids, uh, and they're rambunctious and they fight and all that stuff. So they're easy to deal with, uh, pain in the ass, but they're easy to deal with girls. Yeah. It's a little more sensitive. You know, there's no doubt. I, I say the wrong thing all the time. Uh, I'm just by nature, I'm sarcastic. I think I'm funnier than I am. Um, and you know, I don't always get the response I'm looking for in this house. Uh, and I think now that they're 19 and 17, I've learned, I don't always come at them with the sarcasm when something's wrong. I know to keep my mouth shut for the most part. Um, I think I've just, yeah, just learned to keep a step back. My wife will look at me and be like, before I say something, you know, she'll give me the signal, the all clear when I can talk, when I shouldn't <laughs> talk. And that's, uh, you know, we're a team like that. And she's been very helpful without her. I, you know, I probably would never have gotten through the whole father. thing. Is there anything you particularly enjoy doing now that they're 19 and 17 years old that, you know, anything at all specifically? Yeah, I, I think it's it's just being able to talk to them like grownups. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's to me, that was the biggest thing when they're younger. Um, you know, I, I mentioned before, I'm an atheist. I'm not religious, you know, um, and I spoke honestly and plainly with them about that when I was younger. I said, you know, if you uh, if, if their, their mom wanted to take them to church just to try it and stuff like that. Uh, but as they got older, I found, you know, let's actually have some real dialogue about this and why I, you know, uh, don't believe and stuff like that uh, or how I got to this point. And uh, I think having those kind of conversations to me is fun. We have this uh, section. I think you probably already answered. Yeah. But we do have to fit it in. We uh, we call it dad advice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, advice for, yeah. for dad. So uh, you've given a lot for us to chew on 
the last few few moments. Uh, if you could offer some dad advice, what would the dad advice be? I, 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 my dad advice would always be just uh, just listen. You know, try, try, and I'm not saying I'm the best at it. I try to solve problems, and you know that's just what I do. I'm, I work in HR, and you know it's what you do. You solve problems, you mediate problems, and I think my instinct is to jump in and and try and fix things. Um, but for dads, I think that's not always just the right thing to do. I think what I've learned is, um, and I'm still not perfect at it, but just listen. Sometimes they don't need the solution. They don't need, uh, me to, you know, be the one who say, well, why don't you try this? Or why don't you try that? They just need me to listen and they don't want my input. They just want me to listen. And, uh, I think to any dad out there, uh, you got to figure out what your kid needs from you. Mine have been very clear. I don't want you to give me your input. I just want to tell you what's going on and just listen. That's it. So for me, I learned that it took about 17 years before I got there, but I think figure out what your kid needs. If they need you to solve and they want your input, great. If not, understand that. And it's okay to just stay back and not have to uh, feel like you have to solve the problem for them. Our guest on episode 12 of season four, which we've called Hip to be Dad. I know Mark's thinking as a comedian, boy, a bunch of clever bastards here with that title. Uh, Mark Verrilli was our guest, comedian, and we'll just call him uber patient for everything that he went through over the course of the last couple of years. Mark, it was a great joy having you on Bad to the Dad, and, and thanks for making the appearance. Best of luck with the comedy and the healing and, and the kids and everything you got going on. Uh, thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, the tagline uh, for my wife was the one hip wonder. That's what I was for uh, for several <laughs> months there. So credit to my wife for that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks and, for and, having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Another opportunity to plug your social media account, Mark, if people yeah. want to uh, check out uh, your jokes. Yep. Instagram, Facebook and uh, and Twitter where I'm at. Um, Mark V Comedy. It's M-A-R-K-V, uh, just the letter V <laughs> Comedy. Uh, and uh, I'll have some new videos coming up on all of those platforms shortly. And uh, we'll just start getting back into all the jokes and hopefully bring some humor back to the world and what's been a one hell of a year. All right. Good luck again. Guys, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. We are Bad to the Dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsors for this episode. As always, Becky Berman of Berman Branding, BermanCS.com or at Berman Branding. That's where you can find her on social media. Movember and Movember.com, the men's health awareness and fundraising movement, which happens in the month of November. Grow a mustache, grow your fundraising, raise awareness for men's health issues. And we want to thank our week 11 guest, Keith Barbaria, for turning us on to that. And we also want to thank all those anonymous donors who are raising awareness of all of the efforts and energy of our educators, administrators, and support staff in all of our education systems, unprecedented times. And we thank and salute you, the educators, and anybody who supports them for doing everything that you're doing during COVID times. Coach, want to thank Mark Verrilli, comedian and patient extraordinaire. Man, it's just boom, boom, boom you know, problem after problem. I mean, this guy, this guy should be lucky to be alive. And he's happy. He's in a great spirits. What, what happens, you know, to people like, like this, when they go through all of these surgeries and I don't want to say near death experiences, but definitely threats to your life as you kind of have a new lease on life, mm -hmm. right? You don't do the job that you have to do in order to put food on the table. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and he got very lucky, as he said, with his investments, 
ultimately you do what you really, really want to do. Yeah. And he's, he's on his path to do that. You know, with a little, a few speed bumps here and there, you know, with, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the relapse with, with the hip surgery, but yeah, it looks like he's on the road to doing something really, really cool. Something he truly loves and uh, hopefully an inspiration to all of our listeners. I think that he's an inspiration to me and all of us. Uh, it's very important uh, to have guests like that on. Um, and, you know, speaking of guests, I, uh, just a real quick anecdote. Uh, if you remember, if you remember, uh, I don't remember what season it was, but I think it was season two. We had our dads on for Father's Day. Yes. Right. And my revenge my, of the dads. Right. Yes. Yes. And my my dad is kind of uh, following us, and of course he has his uh, thoughts and ideas. But he loved Dan the Bourbon Man. Loved Dan the Bourbon Man. Wow. And even joined his uh, his his distribution list. His mailing list. Yeah. Yeah. He's active. Yeah. So that's good. So even our guests become followers of our other guests. Yes. <laughs> which and is, listen, which we had uh, Keith jump in and want to be a sponsor for November, which uh, was really nice. Yeah. November.com. Yeah. You, you never know. Look, and, and, and it doesn't have to be a company. It doesn't have to be an organization. If you want to sponsor a, a certain cause, if you want to do a shout out to people who are doing some really good things in the world. Look, our our sponsor sponsorship opportunities know no bounds. <laughs> we have no bounds. We take money from anybody for just about anything. No uh, bounds, no shame, Coach no Randy. Shame. Whatever and, keeps the lights on. You know, and listen, you know, this next week is the uh, is the giving of thanks. Uh, yes. So so two thoughts on that. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and happy your family. Adam, you and your Please family. be careful out there. You know, again, try to avoid the big gatherings, as Fauci and the CDC says. Let's try to keep people alive. We're just asking one Thanksgiving, one what? one year. Yeah. Just try to keep it low key. Try to keep it to the people that are in your house. And if you can, you know, pay it forward. If you know somebody that is alone in their house, will not be having guests, offer to do a Zoom, drop some food off at their house. Do a, do a kind thing. You know, November is also kindness month. Mm -hmm. uh, it turns out, you know, what, I, what I've been observing is less kindness, but, you know, that's the irony of the whole thing. But now's an opportunity with, you know, about a week or so left in the month to go do something good for somebody else. And uh, I was talking to uh, Jessica this morning. I was inspired by that professor in communications about reaching out to her students. Uh, I'm going to do the same for my students, although, you know, they're, they're more local, more inclined to be home. But I, uh, I'm just going to say, listen, if you you're in a situation, whatever it might be, email me. I will make sure you have a Thanksgiving meal. That's, that's very good of you, Coach. And you'd be surprised. That. Yeah. that and like even just a $5 Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks gift card yeah. was a very, very long way to make somebody's day. Just to remind everybody, um, I just thought it was really neat that the professor did that. And we don't know our students. We don't know what kind of hurt they're feeling. We don't know what's going on. And so it's very important. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, the giving of thanks, almost like the, the airing of grievances. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh this is a lot more fun this is a lot more fun yeah you know, thanks and thank you for being such a dear friend and a great co-host um all this time and how much we uh, we spend together is likewise um, coach i'm thankful for you and this podcast and our listeners yeah me too and our guests yes and I'll, I'll stop it there and speaking of guests three weeks left in season four which i think has just been a dynamite season uh, really been loving putting this one together. Not that we haven't loved seasons one through three, but I don't know. I think because of of COVID and the need to use Zoom uh, and this just being a, such an eventful year, we've really tried our best to bring on entertaining guests, but guests that are relevant. And we're gonna we're gonna keep that going uh, as we go through the home stretch of our season. And we thank you, the listener, for continuing to to tune in. Good stuff. 
All right, my friends, have a very happy and, of course, a very safe Thanksgiving. Dads, have a great holiday and a great week.